Garden stores. <laughs> Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1190, November 13th, 2023. 71 degrees on this day in 1999, zero degrees on this day in 1986, and on this day this in 2010, day. September, no, almost eight inches of snow. Oh. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. On Friday, we spent considerable time pleased with the discovery that uh, a guy named Zachary Coppola is suing the city of Minneapolis. Uh, I, uh, I don't know if he's a lawyer or in law school. We contacted him. He is a... Uh, he just passed the bar exam. just passed the bar, but, we're, and, yep. but he has a lawyer. And we'll yep. find out about that. And that lawyer's name is Dean Thompson. And, of course, what we were uh, delighted to learn is that taking the role of an ombudsman who was actually uh, in government or taking the role of a newspaper, here was a private citizen who did the homework to discover that the Neighborhood Safety Office, which we also knew was the Office of Violence Prevention, was, uh, however, allegedly illegally using COVID relief funds to pay people on the street, supposedly to interrupt violence, there being no evidence that they ever succeeded. And uh, this guy, God bless him, uh, said, well, wait a minute, hold up, something ain't right. And, and what we also came to the conclusion of Friday was, where is that person? That person's supposed to be representing taxpayers in government. That person should exist. And, and it turns out it's this private citizen. Are we with Dean? And Dean Thompson. Yes. Hello, Dean. Hello. Dean, you represent Zach Coppola. Yes, I do. Uh, tell us about Zach. Oh, he's an interesting guy. Zach just passed the bar and is an attorney mm-hmm. at my firm, Fabianski, oh. Westerhart, and Thompson. Okay. Which is why we agreed to represent him. But while he was in law school, Zach was confirmed, uh, concerned about procurement f- fraud because he had taken a couple of courses that raised that issue. And he started to research this on his own. And as he further got into it, he discovered that the city wasn't complying with the Data Practices Act and giving him public information. And what little information they gave him confirmed that something was wrong with the funds being used for violence prevention. And he kept going, and his concern grew. Finally, it ripened into the lawsuit that we filed. What we, what we discussed Friday, Dean, was this used to be the role uh, of the city, uh, that there would be somebody employed by the city to put up their hand and say, wait a minute, something isn't right here. And if not the city, it used to be the role of newspapers to do this kind of work. And I'm wondering if we've entered a period in our history where we're going to have to count on the likes of you and Coppola to bring these things about. Well, that is disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. Because with the feeding our future scandal, where tens of millions of dollars were absconded with and not spent on feeding kids, you'd think the city would be 
profoundly aware of the risks of programs like this mm-hmm. and monitoring how public funds are spent. But as we found out from our Data Practices Act requests, which were largely ignored, the city isn't paying attention to this. And they can't come up with the receipts that show how the money has been spent, which is very troubling. Well, well it's almost comically inept. In other words, is there anybody minding the store? Well, I don't know. I mean, you're supposed to, if you're a, a public entity, you're supposed to comply with the Data Practices Act request so that citizens can ensure themselves that someone is minding the store, that their money is being spent the way it's supposed to be. But when the city ignores your requests and doesn't answer them, there's no way to figure this out, Joe. Did he have trouble with the Data Practices Act? Did they drag it out for him? Oh, um, drag it out would be a kind way of putting it. It's been 13 months, and he hasn't gotten answers to basic <laughs> questions. Good, good Lord. Oh. Is, is your, does your lawsuit focus on that or the alleged fraud itself? Well, it focuses on two things. First, we try to get the Data Practices Act enforced. I mean, I'll just pause there to let you know that we've asked for executed contracts that the city has with these various violence prevention programs, and they won't even give us the executed contracts claiming that those are not public data, mm-hmm. which, of course, they are. And then the second part of our lawsuit focuses on the procurement process itself, which from the little data we've gotten, shows that it was run in an arbitrary and capricious manner, which means it's been illegally procured and it should be stopped. Dean, might it be true that there wasn't even a contract? Well, um, that would be remarkable. Um, funds, <laughs> funds have been spent and funds have been paid. Um, and to do so without a contract uh, would be extraordinarily bad. So I, I'm hoping that's not the case, but I'd like to see the contract so we can figure out um, how they were awarded. Does the Neighborhood Safety Office, formerly known as the Office of Violence Prevention, does that still exist in the city? It does. It operates under the new names and, as far as I know, is still procuring contracts for alternative means of violence prevention. What would be the source of their funding currently? Well, largely federal funds. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what also makes this troubling because federal funding uh, requires that it not be spent on lobbying and uh, other voter registration efforts. But a number of these programs do exactly that. (laughs) They have lobbied for housing and lobbied for passage of uh, unemployment benefits for kids during COVID, all of which, by the way, might be fine programs, but they're not supposed to be paid for and funded out of violence prevention programs from the federal government. Nor do they have anything to do with preventing violence. Yeah, that's, our lawsuit doesn't focus on these alternative programs and whether they're good or bad, Joe. They what it what it focuses on is the process by which they were awarded. Right. Where and, does it stand right this minute, the suit? Well, how uh, we filed it. I understand that the Star and Trib interviewed a city attorney about our lawsuit, and he called it verbose. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, it is long, but it's only long because there's such a, a list of things that we had to go through about what the city has done wrong. I, I couldn't make it any shorter because there's, the list is um, pages and pages long. And it, are you going after monetary damages? No. No, this is really a pro bono effort. You get, if you're successful in enforcing the Data Practices Act, you're supposed to get your attorney's fees, but you, you never get what you spend on these types of cases, as you probably know. And Zach will never be compensated for the hundreds of hours that he spent trying to figure out what the city has given him, what the city hasn't given him. And he, he's now sent six Data Practices Act requests to the city, which is really outrageous. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, I see no reason uh, why we shouldn't continue to celebrate Zach and now you. Uh, without you guys, this would never have been brought to light. Yeah, our firm has spent a lot of time over the years on procurement issues. It's something that's important to us because unless that process has integrity, all our public money is at risk. So it's something we pay attention to, and I'm very proud of Zach for spending the time he has on this and and becoming interested in it. So thanks to him, as you say. So, Dean, one of the things that I'd asked Joe rhetorically on the show on Friday is, okay, we discovered this program. How many other millions of programs are going on all across the country that aren't being discovered? Well, that is a problem, Chris. It's... There's so much federal funds that have been delivered to the state and local level that they're under pressure to spend it before it is um, it expires. So um, there's a lot of pressure to award these programs, but that doesn't mean there shouldn't be procedures in place to make sure it's properly done. Dean, you were talking about lobbyists and lobbying. So the city got federal money and then the city paid a lobbyist to lobby the city <laughs> is that correct well one of the programs runs a lobbying service and it, part of the lobbying is for housing efforts and uh so they receive federal funds to continue their lobbying effort of the city for housing programs. So, yes, the city is <laughs> a lobbyist to lobby the city. Which, by the way, is illegal, right, Dean? Well, yes, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, <laughs> never mind that. More, yeah. more than circular. Yeah. yeah. Dean, I, I have to ask this, and I'm struggling uh, to make it uh, a clear question. Uh, do you think these kinds of problems which are not unusual, is the result of corruption or just too many people whose right hands don't know what the left hands are doing? Oh, you know, you, this isn't New York City, so you, you hope it's not corruption. I mean, it's, it's Minnesota. We're used to transparent and good government, and I'm, I'm hoping it's just ineptitude. But when you send six data practices requests to the city, and they give you as little information in reply as they possibly can, you begin to wonder otherwise, frankly. And I think some of the leaders at City Hall should see what's happening here. We filed the complaint. It's got a front-page article about it. I hope they stand up 
and say something is not right here. Let's investigate this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's avoid feeding our future and do the right thing and be leaders. Yeah. You would be a public uh, service hero if you did that from inside the the wall the walls there. Wow. Dean, I uh, I can't tell you how you're appreciated. I hope the citizens of Minneapolis realize uh, what's taking place here. Uh, again, we apparently cannot count on any singular human being in government to have done this. Uh, we can't count on the newspapers to have done this. Again, it took uh, a private citizen, uh, Zach Coppola, who happened to be a lawyer. Uh, uh, well, studying to be a lawyer and then becoming a lawyer and uh, re- requesting six data privacy uh, act information and, and only reluctantly getting drips, drips and drabs of it. It's uh, uh, I think this is going to be fascinating to see how you guys prevail and see what happens. Yeah. Well, as we get to court, we're supposed to have a hearing, according to the statute, very quickly on the Data Practices Act request. We've been assigned a judge, so that's our next step. And uh, I expect we'll prevail, and when we do, I'll keep in touch with you. I was going to say, we may, may we keep in touch with you in order to follow this to its conclusion? Absolutely. We will. Because without public attention on this, it'll keep happening. Well, Dean, I really appreciate your time, and best of luck. Well, thanks a lot, Joe and we'll, Chris. I appreciate we'll, it. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. All right, thank you. Wow. Let's stay with this right through the end. And who knows how long and that would take. He confirmed our fears on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one did thing. You, we'll go ahead, did you guys on Friday talk about We Push for Peace, the group that took over Merwin's Liquors? Oh, That's that a, did not come up Friday. Very interesting sidebar going on there. Um, they took over Merwin's and were running it. And the guy, the guy running it is... Uh, he is yeah. very shady. See, very I, shady. I, I cling to the idea that this does not suggest corruption, but what it suggests uh, is Joe. just... No, I'm not done. Uh, this doesn't suggest corruption. What it suggests, though, is just as bad as corruption because it it it, it is a de facto establishment of corruption. And that is there are so many people in government that so much money comes flowing yeah. to them uh, there are so many programs that the minute they see the money, we can invent another program. And what happens is there is no one to put their hand up and say, wait a minute. Are there unicorns in, in the world you live in? I don't know how you didn't understand it. I understood that. it, but it's very optimistic, wishful thinking. Well, I don't think it's optimistic to point out that the government's so large and so yeah. full of people yeah. that yeah. they don't know. They, Which, they get a pile of money in front of them. It never occurs to any of them to say... Is it right what we're going to do with this? Rather, they say, what should we do with this? The size of the government makes it ripe for picking. That's what I'm saying. It's That's as bad as the corruption. Because okay. either way, so the taxpayers we, are losing the money. Either way, we even though we disagree, we agree. Yeah, I, I, think you, we're, I think we're approaching Chicago status I myself. Think, yeah. I think you two are holding hands. It's, no, it's, it's not an argument. It's not an argument. Yeah. If if Kenny wants to believe there's corruption, I can go down that road too. Yeah. I just I just suggest that what's happening here are there too there's too many cooks in the kitchen there. 
How's yeah, that? but don't let Hanlon's razor slip into this because I don't think this has anything to do with incompetence. But the I other, have to admit, it was started, It was in the back of my mind. The other part of this, though, is with your organized crime. Like, take the Sopranos. They at least had some standards. Well, they have hey, ethics, we cannot. Right? We can't do that. Come on. That's, that's, Pauly that's long. washes his hands after he ties his shoes. Right. Yeah. Right. That's. That, <laughs> And then he'll shoot you if you dispute it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 you recall they were giving money to essentially gang members. Right. To, and, and then Don Samuels came along and he even at one point said, I'm going to paraphrase for him, what the hell is this? There's no time cards. There's no, there's no evidence that they're preventing anything. There's no evidence that they're uh, that violence is shrinking. That you, you call them and there's no answer. In other words, in other words, the money was being frittered away. It was being frittered away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think that's a, a, a nice word for <laughs> is being ripped off. I, I I I really can't argue with you. It is. It's a nice way to say. The taxpayers once again yeah, we're are, getting, are, getting, are yep. getting a short operation here, and uh, thank God here comes a loft. This is what we we said Friday, Kenny. You you were gone Friday, but we we came to the conclusion that we can still hang on as a functioning society, so long as we respect the laws on the books. And so here comes a private citizen that he tells his law firm about it. They they agree to go along with him in a pro bono fashion. They have a judge. We don't know what the who the judge is. I suppose we could have asked him. It's it's neither here nor there. But we'll find out. Uh, is the judge going to save the taxpayers on this occasion, or are we going to be running into a future where so many of the judges are just failed uh, academy? graduates that pretty soon the the law will bend to favor this kind of mischief yeah. what we don't know what was dean's exact word for uh the city attorney's comment what did they call his filing well, he said the city attorney called their filing verbose which means long and boring means, right yeah a lot of words <laughs> yeah well isn't, isn't that well, your job to work through the verbose you know city attorney maybe it wouldn't have been verbose had this not come up yeah but six yeah. times trying to get data practices information which is a law that's helping to save us in some cases and here you see an abuse of that yeah you see it, an abuse of that within the city stonewalling the guy it's and fascinating. You're right. I'm glad we're going to follow this. I, I hope the judge doesn't um, also think it's verbose. Yeah, verbose. Man, this is. Ver- you're going to make me read this. This is way too long. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Bleep that word." This is way too long. I had to read with my lips moving. This is going to take forever. Say, uh, snow equipment is available at EcoFund Motorsports. So I love talking about the electric bikes and the scooters that turn errands into adventures, but they have laid in the snowplow equipment, Denali Steel, Universal Fit snowplows, 50-inch wide ATVs on sale, 72-inch wide side-by-sides on sale, 60-inch wide, 14-horsepower, two-stage throw bro- throw- snowblowers. That's it. it. That's what I call them. For most side-by-sides and ATVs on the market, and it comes with all the mounting plates and hardware on sale. This is, uh, I didn't know Tim went this heavily into. You know what it becomes, though? Winter recreation. 
That becomes fun to move snow around when you got the right stuff. White gold, baby. And they have the right stuff at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's on Highway 97, immediately west of 35, and it's in Burnsville, EcoFun in Burnsville, on the uh, service road of life near County Road 42. Great operation, great people. Uh, I would check it out. I, uh, they have, well, they have this, they have, they have, Yamaha snowmobiles left in stock. They are ready for winter, and despite these, this delightful five-day forecast, you know winter's around the corner. It's going to hit at any time. EcoFun has everything you need to turn winter into recreation. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Hey everybody, it's John here and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GARAGELOGIC50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GARAGELOGIC50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. I'm rolling. <laughs> Sounds just like him now, doesn't it? <laughs> that was kind of creepy, right? <laughs> yes. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Every single day is Black Friday at Maple Grove Lock and Safe through Thanksgiving. All day, every day. Every day they're open. Rich, the owner, he's not doing that one day wake up at 2 in the morning BS. He's going to do this sale all month long with the purchase of a Liberty Colonial Centurion USA or Freedom model safe. Get a free light kit, a dehumidifier, and safe power outlet kit. All of that installed at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. It's a must-have for all Liberty safes. They have over 60 safes on display in that showroom. When you buy a Liberty safe, you know you're buying the best safe ever made right here in the United States of America. These United States of America. Uh, and they have a brand-new policy regarding company-held access codes that basically, now this is the Kenny version. You get the better version from Rich, but the Kenny version is Liberty will hold on to backdoor secret codes if you want them to, which will come in handy if you ever forget or lose yours, or they won't. It's your choice. So we're talking a free light kit, a dehumidifier, safe power outlet kit, all of it installed on a Liberty Colonial Centurion USA or Freedom model. The entire month of November, 6901 East Fish Lake Road in the Grove, and of course the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Can I bring all you 42-year-old women in Edina up to speed on your, on your electric SUV? Late last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that Ford lost $62,000 on each electric vehicle it sold during this year's third quarter. But Ford is doing great compared to Lucid Motors, which lost $227,802 per car sold in the latest quarter. Like all EV manufacturers, Lucid has been forced to cut prices because of declining demand. 
and its so-called affordable EV still costs seventy-four thousand nine hundred. <laughs> Lucid's, Lucid's largest shareholder, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, has poured billions into the company to keep it afloat. Lucid recently opened a new production facility in Saudi Arabia, whose government has pledged to buy one hundred thousand of its vehicles. These will run on electricity produced almost entirely by oil and natural gas power plants. It's no small irony that oil profits are financing an EV money pit. As the chief financial officer of Mercedes-Benz noted recently, EVs are a pretty brutal space, and I can hardly imagine that the current status quo is fully sustainable for everybody. And this from Business Insider... Auto execs are coming clean. EVs aren't working. Uh, as at, at earnings this week, several auto execs pulled back on EV targets. Dealers have been warning of slowing EV demand for months. And again, the Mercedes-Benz CFO said this is a brutal space. With signs of growing inventory and slowing sales, auto industry execs admitted this week that their ambitious electric vehicle plans are in jeopardy, at least in the near term. I would stop right there. Is it really their ambitious plan or the government's? The government dictated that plan to them. <laughs> Several C-suite leaders and some of the biggest car, maker, car makers voice fresh unease about the electric car market's growth as concerns over the viability of these vehicles put their multi-billion dollar electrification strategies at risk. Among those hand-wringing is GM's Mary Barra, historically one of the automotive industry's most bullish CEOs on the future of electric vehicles. GM has been an early mover in the electric car market, selling the Chevy Bolt, for seven years and making bold claims about a fully electric future for the company long before its competitors got on board. But this week on GM's third quarter earnings call, Barra and GM struck a sober tone. The company announced with its quarterly results that it's abandoning its target to build 100,000 EVs in the second half of this year and another 400,000 by the first six months of 2024. GM doesn't know when it will hit those targets. As we get further into the transformation to EV, it gets a bit bumpy, Barra said. While GM's about face was somewhat of a surprise to investors, the Detroit company is not alone in this new view of the EV future. Even Tesla's Elon Musk warned on a recent earnings call that economic concerns would lead to waning vehicle demand. Meanwhile, Mercedes-Benz, which is having to discount its EVs by several thousand dollars just to get them in customers' hands, isn't mincing words. This is a brutal space, CFO Harold Wilhelm said mm. on an analyst call. I can hardly imagine the current status quo is fully sustainable. But it goes on and on. The point is, uh, when the government drives the, the so-called market, there is no market. Right. The government is right. demanding this. These are government cars. Yep. The inventory is building up to the chagrin of dealers. You know what they're going to have to come up with then? 
Everything must go. Well, that's what they're doing. <laughs> Significant markdowns and discounts haven't been enough. The cars are taking dealers longer to sell compared with their gas counterparts. Is the next wave of buyers focused on cost, infrastructure, and lifestyle barriers? <clears throat> Just a few months ago, after dealers started to warn of slowing EV demand, manufacturers appeared to be catching up to reality. Ford was the first to fold after dealers started turning away Mach-E allocations. Is that the Mustang? Um, I believe so. In July, the company extended its self-imposed deadline to hit annual electric vehicle production of 600000 a year and abandoned a 2026 target to build 2 million EVs. Thank God they're abandoning this. In scrapping plans with GM to co-develop its sub-$30,000 EV, Honda CEO Toshihiro Mibi said that shifting EV environment was difficult to gauge. After studying it for a year, we decided this would be difficult as a business, so at the moment we're ending development of an affordable EB, EV, Mibby said in an interview with Bloomberg. Well, what does this do to the government mandates that say they all have to be electric this, by whatever? This is a very polite way of the car manufacturers having to say to the government, go bleep yourself. Mm. Why are you placing in us a position of having to lose money to facilitate your aspiration? Right. Well, and you're, you're not in that business. Right? The government's doing it on two fronts. You'll remember a couple of years ago, maybe it even wasn't that long, where Minnesota car dealers filed a lawsuit here in Minnesota yeah, yeah. Uh, against the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency from establishing the same California greenhouse gas rules. Because and they we lost. Have, you know, we have a very, uh, very... Uh, a malleable governor who will follow the California rules before he takes his own people into consideration. Wait a minute. This is something you've brought up in the past. Uh, they're not elected officials at the Minnesota Pollution no. Control Agency, are, are they? No, they're not. Interesting. People are finally seeing reality. Toyota Motor Chairman Akio Toyoda, with a D, said at the Japan Mobility Show, Toyota has long been skeptical of his peers' pure electric blueprints. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I don't ever want a government car. Uh, that's what these are. They're terribly expensive. And uh, I, I, I'm pleased to note that lifestyle realities seem to be finally occurring to the consumer. You can't go see the kid in college in St. Louis. Without stopping somewhere and hoping there's a charger where you sit around for two hours. You would think that the customers in the car buying public would listen more to the guy at Toyota, right? Aren't they? They're the ones that came up with the Prius, which yeah. is ugly and horrible as it is, makes more sense than a fully electric vehicle, right? Well, hybrids might might yeah. make sense. Yeah, of course they make sense. Uh, not for me personally, but I can see where people would like to, maybe they think they're doing good for the earth by buying a hybrid. I don't. I don't see it. But uh, pure EVs, I just, well, no interest whatsoever. Some of them, I dare say, don't give a rat's ass about the environment, but they do hate paying for gas. And I can't blame them for that. Right? Uh, yeah, but that will catch up to them. 
If you think the political class in this country is, an allow, is going to allow EV drivers to go tax-free, you're crazy. They'll come yeah. up with something. Yeah, They'll you're come right. up yeah. with miles driven. They'll come up with something. Yeah, they all, don't they do that in uh, England already? I think probably. they do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. And you know that's probably the the uh, that's probably the future that uh, the green movement would have for gas powered vehicle drivers. So we're going to keep track of your mileage. Well, no, you don't. Just leave me alone. Well, the President in- Newsom will get it all figured out by the time we get <laughs> the newly elected. No, it won't be elected. The newly appointed Environmental Justice Squad. Oh, oh God. boy, that well, that's fun. on the books. I, I you yep. know pretty soon some kid with a. Did I tell you that? Uh, over the weekend on my walk, I ran into all of the people walking to what turned out to be a protest on behalf of Palestine. Oh, um, your mouth is going to get you in trouble. No, I'm only going to say one thing. All right. And many, many of the many of the young people had the black and white Yasser Arafat head deal going. I'm not talking about your mouth on GL. I'm talking about your mouth in real life. In public. Oh, yeah. <laughs> give, give us the whole. No, give I us the no, whole. no, no. All right. No. Well, All right, but I, were, I wish you would watch yourself. Joe. Was it almost an episode of Seinfeld where you were on your walk and all of a sudden you found yourself walking with the Yes, the exactly. <laughs> and to show you how big the protest must have been, that people were parked on Summit so, and Western. Wow. And walking all the way to the Capitol. Hey, guys, where are we going? There was basically ep- what I said. <laughs> there was an episode of Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia where they changed sides depending on the talent <laughs> level on each side. <laughs> I didn't know the, the Arafat towel was a big fashion statement. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Quite a all. few had the full garb. Yeah, and they, you know, they had their signs and... And, uh, but not fully educated. Well, who knows? I and, saw in uh, New York City we were ripping down the American flag on Veterans Day. Well, this was, that happening, was, a nice in, this was happening in London and yeah, that was a nice touch all over the Day. world that uh, we're rooting for. for uh, well, whatever. Uh, where was I? Protests. Uh, EVs. No, I, I, left, big mouth. I left EVs to go to that. What was I thinking of? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Joe's Big Mouth, that's a good name for a band. Joe's Big Mouth. Joe's Big yes. Mouth. That is a good name for a band. <laughs> Say, uh, I noticed, I, well, I read obituaries. Do you guys read the obits? Uh, on occasion, yeah, yes. I do. I yeah. don't read the Sun. I don't read the Minneapolis obits. Just the St. Paul ones. Just St. Paul. In case you know somebody? And how many no, times when you read? Yeah, I'm looking for people I might know, and unfortunately, Sunday there was a high school classmate of mine. Oh, I'm sorry. A to hear great that. guy named Greg Sanchez, who uh, had a lot of fun uh, the year he was on the Vulcan crew mm. back in 1986. A good guy. He was a classmate of mine, and I noticed two things about obituaries. Uh, how many of those people do you think you had contact with during your life? And I bet it's a great number of them. 
that you were either in line at a movie or a grocery store at the gas station. You know, St. Paul is marching in a protest. St. Paul isn't that big. <laughs> Just some rando in yeah. the obits. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And two, how many are uh, uh, have used Mueller Memorial? Ah, and quite a few do because of, I've known the Mueller family all my life. We're in the third generation now of taking care of people at this difficult time of their lives and uh, their family owned Scott Mueller is the current head of Mueller Memorial. They've been doing this for 75 years and uh, they take care of difficult details so you can spend time with your family and then create a way to celebrate a life well lived. And when I say create, you could sit down and you can plan whatever you want. You can plan whatever kind of ceremony you want, even if it includes a bar. Yep. Uh, Mueller is uh, more than agreeable to explore these options to to help people get rid of the anxiety and the stress and, and learn how to have joy on a time uh, in your life when you wouldn't think it could be joyful. But it can be under the right circumstances. Not everyone, of course. Not all, not not all for cases. everybody. Not all cases, but uh, they can do their best to help you put yourself at ease at Mueller Memorial and Please contact them at MuellerMemorial.com. 'Cause town council member. Here's what you're missing. Didn't we have a nickname for you? Yeah, we all had nicknames. What was your nickname? Uh, not the dumb stuff. The stupid. Your hat. Chris's jacket. Matt is dumb. John is smart. At no. John is wise. I'm smart. I don't know what I was. You are late to the game. You're. No, Joe. Joe is proven to be a racist name. Oh, Rattaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Yeah. No more fun. <laughs> no more fun. fun Here we go, over. Tigers. Fun's Here we go. Over. You ready, Rimshot? I want a Rimshot. Yeah. Hey, dig it, dig it. John, that's not a song. It is a song. Eric Kabadu. It's a great song. Rolling, bro. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. All right, gentlemen, let's gather around the uh, pot-bellied stove here in the back of the NAC card where I want to play something for you. Uh, Chris, hit 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 play. Oh, let's hear. we were going to go back to that one, which yeah. is right here. Yeah. Hit play. We're going to hear that. Too easy, and so have our cylinders. I know it's already cold. The snow will soon be flogging us. That means it's time to add sea foam to your tanks, all of them. The summer cylinders, they should already have been shut down and dosed before you put them away. Do it now if you haven't. And it's time to get your winter cylinders All up right. and running. Stop. Sea foam Stop. Motor treatment is uh, I, I realize I sound good. I, I can't help wow. it. That's a God-given gift. <laughs> yeah. um, but everything I said in that ad is BS. 60 today, 60 tomorrow, 60, 60, 60 through Thursday. All those summer cylinders you put away, get them back out. Oh, I am getting, I am getting one out. Fire them up. I'm getting a car and out. get in one last. I don't care if you're on the pontoon, the boat, the bass boat, the motorcycle, dirt bike. Uh, get it out. Enjoy it. And it doesn't matter if your tank was full and you put a little sea foam in it. 
you won't have to do anything when you put it away again for the season come Thursday evening because I guess okay, winter's coming foam back question. for Friday. Yeah, Is it best ahead. to store something with a full tank of gas properly oh, seafoamed? No. no, no, no. I'm not. That is grass-fed versus corn-fed. Right, I'm <laughs> not going down. I am not. You will not convince me. To get into that I was just going to say, if you have a thought on this, email the mayor. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. That's you, fine. You, GLers, you do what you think is best. The, what I will say is what is best is seafoam. And it doesn't matter what time of year you use it. If you're putting stuff away, breaking it out, whatever. Seafoam is the answer. The motor treatment, the trans tune, even the bugs be gone. What did I use? Oh, I used Bugs Be Gone to clean the windows on a deer blind last week. That stuff is amazing. Um, and you're going to find it wherever fine automotive chemicals are sold. A, a local company, a global reach, and a miracle in a world of bad gas. Seafoam. I can't picture windows in a deer blind. Oh, it's one of these. I actually purchased a couple of factory-made deer blinds. I see. And I really, really hate them. And I've never cleaned the windows. And, boy, it really did a wonderful job. Uh, Can I I want to read one thing before? Fighting the demagogues of diversity. Every day. It's Joe Suchere. What happened there? You uh, hit your mouse. I want to read one email before uh, Johnny takes over. And it's from a guy named, I don't know if he wants me to use his name. Uh, but I recognize his name, and I trust the email. Conrad, let's say, is his name. Joe Conrad here, longtime GL and MNST listener. I am Jewish. I live in St. Louis Park, and I'm a former mayoral candidate from 2015. I lost to the outgoing mayor, Jake Spano. There is much I'd like to discuss, but being I only have a cell phone to type on, I will lit my, limit my topic my topic to your comments about Nadia Mohammed's election uh, and that the Jewish community must have voted for her. The Jewish community that resides in St. Louis Park today is a fraction of what it was there from the 50s through the mid-70s. The Jewish community that moved to St. Louis Park after World War II was never more than 25% of the overall population. Most of the Jews sent their kids to public school and were predominantly FDR, JFK, HHH Democrats. Many were veterans of World War II and Korea. In those days, we were the diversity and minority population. I'm 65. I graduated in 1977. My generation mostly moved out of St. Louis Park in the late 60s, uh, in the late 80s and 90s to uh, more distant suburbs. Most went to college, as did their kids. The Jews who still live in St. Louis Park are the religious Jews who send their kids to Jewish day schools from preschool to high school and beyond. They stay in St. Louis Park because we need to walk to our synagogues on the Sabbath and the schools are the heart of the community. The community is very small compared to the previous decades. There are not, these are, they are not the people who elected Nadia. There were strong GL-minded candidates who did not win. St. Louis Park is a very progressive-minded suburb, and the council is in the hands of the DEI-minded ecocentric activists. The community has a large Somali population in the schools. The suburb is still about 85% white. 
Anyway, lots more to share, but fingers are tired and eyes crossed. I wish you had a way to leave audio messages like some other stations do. Feel free to call if you want to hear the tale of my two stolen Israeli flags. Then he gives me a number. Finally, as a child of a Holocaust survivor mother and native-born American father whose family fled Lithuania to escape persecution, I thank you for your moral clarity and clear-minded understanding of the Jew hatred going on today. Hail the flashlight, Kay. So it seems that we shouldn't be surprised that a young Somali woman got elected mayor of St. Louis Park. Hmm. He points that out. I guess I had a different... Not stereotype, but history, I guess. Shalom. Yep. So I uh, I got to know Conrad actually when I worked at the gas station in St. Louis Park. He was a frequent customer. Well, I can use his we, name then because he did run for mayor. It's Conrad Siegel. Yes, we had some very fine chats. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, very a GLer. Mr. Siegel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here is John Height. Thank you uh, very much, Joe. This update is brought to you by North yes. American Banking Company. A Mankato man has been identified as one of the five U.S. Army Special Ops aviation soldiers who was killed during a helicopter crash in the Mediterranean Sea. The Department of Defense has confirmed 24-year-old Sergeant Cade M. Wolf died as a result of the crash. Officials say the crash happened when an MH-60 Blackhawk was conducting aerial refueling training. It wasn't the result of any enemy or hostile actions. The DOD said Wolf enlisted in the Army in 2018 as a 15T UH-60 Blackhawk repair, was assigned to the 25th Combat Aviation Brigade in Hawaii. Uh, he did have some decorations in his career and awards, including two Army Commendation Medals, an Army Achievement Medal, Army Good Conduct Medal, National Defense Service Medal, a Global War on Terrorism Medal, a non-commissioned officer professional development ribbon. Again, uh, the uh, Cade Wolf was 24 years old. Former Minneapolis City Council and former Minneapolis School Board member Don Samuels officially announced he is running again for the uh, 2024 Democratic primary in the Minnesota's 5th Congressional District. Samuels is calling this a rematch of the 2022 campaign that saw him narrowly lose to Representative Ilhan Omar. Samuel says he thinks an affirmative vision of progress for our country where each individual can reach their full potential and he supports funding improved community safety systems, targeting the achievement gap and climate resilient infrastructure. Samuels is also accusing Omar of offending, in his words, many constituencies and undermining the Biden administration. Maybe we should never say a word about him. I had that thought. About who? Don. Uh, hmm? We because, had him on the air. Yeah. I, I, I respect the guy. Yeah. Uh, but if we want him to win, he yeah. might get the curse. Right. Because I think his winning would be terribly important. There, I just blew it. I think yeah, it would be terribly to, way important. Way to go, Joe. Yeah. But I don't think we should ever have him on or talk about him. But all with right. the recent reelection of all those commies on the city board, what do you think would happen with Don? Uh, I I have no comment. I, I'm 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 staying out of it. Elon's going to have to do a lot of extra ballot harvesting. That's for sure. I really want to support him vocally and um, incessantly, though, Joe. Nobody has put his money where his mouth is more than Don Samuelson. Sure. Lives in the North Side, Samuels. where he al- where he always has right. could afford to live anywhere he wants. He lives where he talks. 
Minneapolis police say five people were shot in three separate shootings in the uptown neighborhood last night. Another person was shot nearby. According to police, the first shooting happened about 6.45 p.m., left an 18-year-old man injured. The man reportedly told police the shots likely came from a vehicle while he was walking near 23rd Avenue North and Irving Avenue North. He's expected to survive his injury. The second shooting happened hours later near the intersection of 32nd Street and Nicollet Avenue, about 10.40 p.m. man in his 30s injured. He declined medical attention. Uh, police add the man was outside when that shooting happened. Meanwhile, a third shooting just before 11 p.m. on the 1300 block of 28th Street West left three people injured. When officers got there, they found three victims. 29-year-old man, as well as two boys ages 17 and 13, all had gunshot wounds to what police say were the extremities, but are expected to survive. Investigators think the victims were inside a home when shots were fired from the outside. Officers added an unrelated warrant was served at a nearby residence, which resulted in a juvenile being arrested. According to police, a man in his 20s arrived at the hospital shortly after a later shooting with potentially life-threatening gunshot wounds. A lot of shooting, John. A lot of shooting in about a five, six-hour period. Mm -hmm. Investigators say it looks like he was on a sidewalk when a, quote, male gunman opened fire and continued to fire even as the victim fell to the ground. Nobody in custody for any of these incidents. Minneapolis police say they are investigating all of those shootings. Star Tribune reporting a public memorial service for former Minneapolis Police Chief Tony Bozo will be at 3 p.m. this Saturday at the University of Minnesota's McNamara Alumni Center. Bozo, a former New York City police commander and an outspoken advocate for police reform, was appointed chief by Mayor Don Frazier in 1980. He served for eight years. He died this past June at the age of 94 after a brief illness. Speakers at the service will include Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara, former Mayor Sharon Sales-Belton, and Lawrence Sherman, former director of the Center for Evidence-Based Policing in England. Concert announcement. I may have to editorialize a bit on this one, if you guys don't mind. Oh, because Here we go. It's, it's very important, of course, compared to everything else going on in the world. Absolutely. So. <laughs> ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner have added a stop on the sharp-dressed man, simple, uh, I'm sorry, sharp-dressed simple man. Get it? It's a sharp-dressed yep. simple man it's tour. It's like two at, songs combined. That's right. Treasure Island Resort and can see a Casino. Uh, I am good with ZZ Top. Billy Gibbons, always a good reason to go see them, but, but Skinner... There's nobody left, is there? No, there's nobody left, and uh, they're a great rock. Well, they're basically a cover band. 70s. They they are cover band. Yeah. No, they were not a, they were an original. They are They are now. now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're basically a Skinner uh, cover band. Right. And and, and they've been saying for, what, four years now that they're never going to tour again? Yeah. They they just keep going out. Uh, One other part of the show that annoys me, opening the show as special guests, The Outlaws, the 1970s. One of, remember them. Bands. Oh, one of my favorite I don't, bands. Oh, one of my favorite bands. I can't name. Give me one song. Uh, well, their big FM hit was Green Grass and High Tides. Green Grass is about eight minutes long with amazing guitar work throughout. Huh. Their, their one that charted was a song called There Goes Another Love Song. That was the pop hit. There mm-hmm. goes another love song. Anyway, huh. uh, they were a great band. Uh, three great guitarists, Billy Jones, Huey Thomason, and Henry Paul. Well, Billy and Huey have both been dead for a number of years now. <laughs> Henry Paul's still in the band, and he's the only original member. Uh, yeah. I, well, I, what I, what about the band that now goes out on the road just calling themselves simply Steely? 
um, because one of the founding members has passed away. Well, they call themselves Steely Dan, Kenny, and that actual band has been together almost 30 years now, the players that are playing. And Walter Becker did pass away, of course. Uh, but the other eight, nine members the, are the same guys that have been playing with them for 30 years. The other eight country just got blown up. The other eight, See, nine members don't matter, John. It's the two founding members that matter. But does it matter? John, he's trolling you for Steely Dan stuff. I know he is, but if the one member only just played a little lead guitar, I mean, does that really (laughs) matter, Kenny? (laughs) So you're saying, uh, I'm the old man yelling at the clouds. I know. (laughs) So you're saying, stay away from the ZZ Top Leonard Skinner show. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I I love ZZ Top. I know, but you'd have to figure out when they're on and then time. After watching the uh, little old band from Texas, I'd, I'd like to see them live. But, yeah, but, you could, but Dusty's gone. You you could make that argument about them too. Thank you, Joe. I was just going to oh, say that right. Dusty Hill is dead. He died what two years ago. But yeah. Frank is still there. I mean, come on. Frank's not, there and Billy's there. And, it's not comparable. Know, to, I would like to hear them. Yeah, I they saw made them a lot of music for their sound for three guys. I saw them like I don't know, 1975 or six, when they had all the cactuses and the animals on the stage. Well, that was it that was tremendous tour wonderful. that almost killed them. Yeah, it was wonderful, but they were among three-piece band among the loudest bands I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Loud as hell. I hung out uh, anyway, with them yeah. backstage. Did you? Yeah. Billy's supposed to be just a prince of a guy. For the three of them were absolutely awesome, including Frank, who laughed at everything I said. Well, he might have been He high. must have been really high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This uh, this show, if you're interested in the uh, what we're talking about, Friday, August 30th next year, Treasure Island Amphitheater. Mm. So there you go. Now, uh, why don't we take a little break? There's lots of national, international news. We'll have some more of that for you right after we hear from our friend, who is still the original, The Rook. Is my band still together? I can't remember <laughs> if they are or not. Uh, I will tell you this. Here's a band that has stayed together for a long amount of time. The Masons, Minnesota Masonic Charities, one of the leading grant makers in the state, donating millions each year, impacting education, cancer, research, elder care, children's health, and community service. The Masonic Cancer Center is the hub for cancer research at the University of Minnesota and the leading the fight against cancer with research on the causes, prevention treatments, and cures, and is one of the leading cancer research institutes in the nation, baby. Their research on the causes, prevention, detection, and treatment of cancer has helped tens of thousands of people. That's just the good work they do. The Minnesota, the Masonic Children's Clinic for Communication Disorders, that's in Duluth, and that provides early identification, treatment, and support for childhood communication disorders. They help them communicate. They've helped thousands of families unlock the world of communication for their kids and help them lead fuller lives. Would you like to learn more about it? I'd like you to. Go to Minnesota Masonic Charities at mnmasoniccharities.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Give yourself the gift 
of the best water this holiday season. Reavers here for the folks at Hofferman Water, an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental options for Connecticut water treatment systems. And that's because a new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners just simply can't do. It's going to cut down on your salt usage, but it's also going to protect your appliances. Bad water is terrible, and it can also affect nearly every aspect of your home. So get on the schedule today for that free water analysis. Give them a call at 952-894-4040. You can also visit their website, HoffermanWater.com. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. 952-894-4040. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please tell them that you heard about them on the Garage Logic podcast, John. On other in other news, thanks, Chris. Hamas's original plan for October seventh went beyond just a massacre in the Gaza border area and taking all those hostages. They wanted to also continue their assault up to the border with the West Bank. That was reported the, by the Washington Post over the weekend, citing Western and Middle Eastern security officials briefed on the evidence. The information obtained from numerous maps, notes, supplies, and other written instructions found among the bodies of dead Hamas terrorists in the Gaza border area, as well as from interrogations of Hamas captives. Meanwhile, Israel's intelligence minister, Gila Gamliel, has been speaking to BBC Radio 4 about what specific intelligence Israel had for its claims that Hamas had a command center under, Gaza, uh, under Gaza's largest hospital, Al-Shifa, and uh, Israeli troops are approaching that area this morning as we talk. Gamliel did not give details, but she reiterated the Israel Defense Forces assertion in a post on Twitter or X in the past hour that Hamas had attacked Israeli soldiers with an RPG from the entrance of Al-Qid's hospital. Along with that came a video showing that happening. She said Hamas military facilities were located near and even under United Nations facilities, as well as mosques and schools. She said Hamas making extensive use of hospitals, medical institutions, and ambulances for military purposes, and have been using Gazans as human shields. She was asked about progress in negotiations for the release of the hostages. She said Israel did not differentiate between the abductees on the basis of citizenship or any other criteria. She added Israel is doing everything it can to work for the hostages' freedom. House Speaker Mike Johnson unveiling his proposal this weekend to avoid a partial government shutdown by extending government funding for some agencies and programs until January 19th and continuing funding for others until February 2nd. That's an unusual approach for a stopgap spending bill. Usually lawmakers extend funding until a certain date for all programs. The bill excludes funding requested by President Biden for Israel, Ukraine, and the U.S. border with Mexico. Johnson said separating Biden's request for an emergency supplemental bill from the temporary stopgap measure puts their conference in the best position to fight for fiscal responsibility. There was criticism immediately from both sides to the idea. Conservative Republican Chip Roy of Texas tweeting, my opposition to the clean CR just announced by the Speaker of the House cannot be overstated. And the White House panned the plan as unserious, unworkable, and a threat to national security and domestic programs. I don't know where I read it, and it might be a joke, but it's not a joke. Taylor Swift Call me now. Could inspire a rash of marriages resulting in children, resulting in a boom in the housing market, 
resulting in a boom <laughs> in building houses and resulting in uh, incredible benefits for the economy. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been spending some time on Twitter? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? I can't about? remember where I saw this. <laughs> Taylor Swift is going to save the economy, is all Joe's saying. Yeah, for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people. So a lot what? of thirty-four-year-old women who think the way to have gone through life maybe is not to get married, they're now watching this romance between Swift and oh, Kelsey. Oh, okay. And they now might I get run out. They want to get married, and and if she has a kid, you watch. There'll be an increase in births. That will require more houses. People will have to build houses. The trades will become benefited, electric, electricians, plumbers, whatever. And all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom. That's all Literally. I'm saying. It could happen. <laughs> Chris. Okay. That In was, other news. That was a very fun aside. I have something that's not fun okay. that I also wanted to ask John about his previous story. Regarding yes, Hamas, um, and maybe the story doesn't say, what did they want to do when they got to the West Bank? Was that just where they wanted to end? They wanted apparently to end it there, but in the meantime, they've pretty much destroyed the entire uh, Israeli uh, population and everything else in between. Right. Um, okay. That's Thank the you. way I took it. Okay. Another right. I, Where I thought you were going is... It was noted a couple of weeks ago that Taylor Swift, and John, help me, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but sure. her lead bodyguard left the tour to go fight for Israel. That's right. Because he, she would not condemn. She just basically stayed out of it. She didn't make a, a statement on well, either side. We need more of that in our celebrities. I, I'm sick of like seeing. staying out of it. Yeah, right. I'm yes. sick of seeing Meathead and Roseanne fight. I just, I'm sick of it. Did you see Roseanne, the video of Roseanne uh, speaking yeah. on behalf of Trump? Oh, it was just yeah, horrible. Is, just really, horrible. Just horrible. And um, screeching. And, oh. Did you see, uh, what's what's the boyfriend's name? Taylor's boyfriend? Tra Travis, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Now, he, he was at a concert of hers shaking his moneymaker. Well, he went down to uh, Argentina. 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 Well, Kansas City had to buy one. Oh, turn okay, oh, please God. And, and these are the white people that dance without moving their feet, right? right? right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In other news, Secret Service agents tasked with protecting President Biden's granddaughter, Naomi Biden, opened fire after three people attempted to break into an unmarked agency Secret Service vehicle. <laughs> In Washington. <laughs> Those guys picked the wrong car, you know what I'm saying? I think so. The agent Whoops. saw three people breaking the window of the parked and unoccupied Secret Service vehicle while out with Naomi Biden in the Georgetown neighborhood Sunday night. One of the agents opened fire using a service weapon. It's wow. No one was hit by the gunfire. Two to three people fled the scene in a red vehicle, according to Secret Service spokesperson Anthony Guglielmi. The Secret Service has put out a regional bulletin to the Met Police Department to be on the lookout for that car. Well, speaking of Twitter, have you seen these videos of, of young people uh, who appear to be levitating as they walk? 
Did you ever I've find not that seen that, I, I tried uh, looking it's a, it's Saturday a, it, after no, you called me. No, this is serious. It's an offshoot of the moonwalk, which apparently you can learn how okay, to do. It's yeah. a heel and yeah. f- uh, foot of the toe deal. And I have a grandkid who I know could do this this optical illusion of levitating. He's that light on his feet yeah. and that athletic. And I can't I can't find what I saw to to send to him so he could learn it. And then I looked up on the Google, you know, how to levitate, and there's right. really nothing. That applies to how you appear to be levitating as you walk, and it, it's a it's a Twitter video of a young guy. He's he's skimming over the top of a football field. Okay. He's just skimming, and it looks like he's floating. Huh. It's not. It's all footwork. It's a grandson. I could. I have a kid tell, who could do this. Tell tell this kid, Indica is the solution. Indica. That'll help. What the hell's he thought? What is Indica? I, I don't know. I don't know. Not either. sure. I don't know. Not sure. You got a lot of free time, don't you, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just saw this and I thought, oh, man, this kid could do that in a heartbeat if he could see, he could copy those footsteps, but I can't find yeah. it. Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott surprised everybody, including his own people, by announcing Sunday he was dropping out of the 2024 presidential race. The South Carolina senator who entered the race in May with high hopes made the surprise announcement on Fox News Channel's Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy. The news was so abrupt, one of his campaign workers told the Associated Press the campaign staff found out Scott was dropping out when they saw the show on television. Scott said the voters are telling him in his words, not now. Tim. Hmm. It's too bad. I think uh, he'd be a good candidate. Uh, uh, meanwhile, former President Trump, uh, well, he he gave kind of a weird Veterans Day speech Sunday or Saturday, excuse oh, me. God, what did uh, he say? Calling those on the other side of the aisle vermin, suggesting they pose a greater threat to the U.S. than countries like Russia, China, or North Korea. That language drawing some rebukes from historians who compared it to that of authoritarian leaders, especially Adolf Hitler, who compared Jews to vermin. Trump also received widespread criticism and condemnation from groups like the Anti-Defamation League for saying in an interview that undocumented immigrants were, quote, poisoning the blood of our country. The same wording Hitler used about Jews during World War II. The house he grew up in had to be a house of horrors. You're talking about President Trump. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be a house of horrors. Not physically. I'm not suggesting the parents were physically uh, violent to the kids, but what they must have heard must have been just uh, a house of horrors for him to be this effed up at this age. Mm. A lot of people like haunted houses. A lot of people. Speaking of the family, his older sister has passed away. She is Marianne Trump Berry. We know her because uh, she was a judge. She was a judge for many years. She retired in 1999. Uh, She was 86 years old, discovered in her Fifth Avenue apartment about 4 in the morning. Sources told ABC News. Emergency crews responded to a call of a person in cardiac arrest, according to those sources. Now, did he get along with that sister? Well, she, remember, she she, didn't. Is she the mother of the daughter who wrote about Trump? (sighs) I'm not sure if she is, but she did an interview before before she died, obviously, where she Thanks. said his his every move was just to make sure he stayed in the news and mm-hmm. that his brand stayed good. That had nothing to do with America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what kind of terms they were actually on. No idea. So uh, It'll be interesting presidency if he gets elected. He's got a lot of revenge in mind. 
lot of people. A lot of, lot of people not, like revenge. That's, and that's not a way to run either. Really? Yeah. I, I think you're right. I hope some Trumpers <laughs> realize that. I think you're right. You know? I mean... I know. John, it, thank you. I mean, sure. Say, uh, Precision Garage Door is hiring. I mentioned that right off the top because what a great gig. Uh, they give you the vehicle. You get a 401k plan, great wages. I'm just telling you, they need garage door technicians, and they need garage door installers, and they need warehouse inventory associates. It's Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. They serve the metro in western Wisconsin. They happen to be the sponsor of this Wednesday night's town council meeting at Tattersall Distillery. And you know what? If you're interested, you're a town council member, you're going to be there on Wednesday Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities will be there as they well. They are going to be there? So there you go. You okay. can talk to them in person. Yeah, and I get a lot of uh, email from people who have used Precision Garage Door and now will never use anyone else. That's why I say you need to have them in your telephone closet, along with all your other guys. Mm-hmm. And a woman can be a guy, but you need guys to get through life. And one of the guys you need is a garage door guy, and with Precision Garage door of the Twin Cities, you get the whole GL family. And they take care of everything from a new door to to setting up your uh, code in your car if you need them to, which I would, for example. Yeah. That's Hell yeah. way beyond Take it me. all. Right. So get a hold of them at uh, precisiondoormn.com or call them at 612-263-6985. Ray of Hope. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Before we get to that Ray of Hope, GLers, don't forget, give to the Max Day 2023 is what? This Thursday. And once again, we are going to partner with our buddy Mike Schoonover and his charity play for Patrick. GLers, think about this. If you uh, are looking to donate for Give to the Max Day, Mike Schoonover is going to match up to $1,000 all this week for people that like to donate or would like to donate to play for Patrick. A wonderful cause, trying to help a, a lot of good pe- people. Kenny, I know you and Mike talk about that foundation um, throughout well, the course of the year. I hope Mike has written a check out already, written, wrote, and scribbled it down. Probably. Because, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, yeah. uh, you can find out more. Uh, GiveMN.org slash GLers for Patrick for more information. Sometimes when I cast bait, the uh, intended party does not bite on it. Roten. I said Roten. You did. And I, got, wow. I got nothing out of him. That's okay. <laughs> I figure what's the use. <laughs> no, not you. John. Oh, Joe. I, yeah, I have Joe. two rays of hope. Oh, <laughs> that uh, guy. You asked for yeah. this. Priscilla Fellows writes us from Seattle. Greetings from the belly of the beast in Seattle. I think I might have a ray of hope that might bring some light to your dark thoughts. Here in Seattle, we just had our election, and most of the Seattle City Council members were up for re-election. I believe that Seattle is a bit further down the path of socialism than where Minneapolis and St. Paul are currently. After defunding the police and letting homelessness run rampant, and seeing crime rates shoot up drastically, Seattle is finally seeing the light and pulling back from the socialist thinking. With our election, we have completely replaced the Seattle council members and have brought in more what I feel are GL-leaning people. 
people who are entrepreneurs and actually work for a living instead of the third rail existing members. Most of these newly elected people ran on a hard stance of public safety and rebuilding the police department, as well as cleaning up homelessness and our drug problems. Now, I know that we are still in the first steps of seeing what will happen, but just the fact that we won over existing council members, I feel there is a ray of hope. Don't get me wrong, we still have a long way to go, but I will take a win when there is one. Pushing back in Seattle, Priscilla. How great is that? Priscilla. Well, well, wait a second. Pause. What do you think of that when you look at the election results in Minneapolis last week? I think that the candidates uh, who could have preached a hardline defense of public safety and what have you did not materialize. So we're further behind Seattle. Yeah, we're we're dropping. We're we're now ahead of Seattle in in falling apart. I did read a headline that gave me a tiny ray of hope. Something along the lines of Democratic mayors across the country are now saying enough to illegal immigrants. They're being all these cities are being overrun. There was a story on the New York Post, Kenny, where they they interviewed. A family that had spent a couple of weeks up here and said, to hell with this, we're going back to Mexico. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that piece I looked at, that might have been in the Wall Street Journal. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. But I thought it was interesting. Go ahead, Joe. I had something else. <clears throat> oh, a guy in the neighborhood sent me a picture. And all he said was, got another one. Great big deer impaled itself on his wrought iron fence. Oh, wow. Trying to make Yikes. a jump for it? Yep. Does he oh, wow. have to clean that up, or will the city That's help That's a good him? question. Well, did he gut it out? Because he could gut that thing out and cape it and quarter it up and be eaten, could be eaten ground meat right by the garage for supper. Uh, Chris writes, wanted to throw out a ray of hope on an academy program that is not failed at Laverne High School, partnering with a not failed city government in Laverne. Okay. Nine students are in a class called Today and Tomorrow's Tradesmen. The class project for the year is to build a two-bath, two-bedroom ranch house complete with a two-stall garage. The city of Laverne provides a vacant lot and buys all the materials. When the house is completed, it is sold for profit with the proceeds going to fund the materials and costs for next year's class. I'm attaching the story from the Rock County Star Herald. My son is a junior but hopes to be able to take this class next year. And here it is, high school construction class to begin second house. So this is their second one. There's a pictures, and uh, it's just fantastic. And they're going to build the... They're going to build it right here, right there in Laverne. And there's the house. Nice-looking house. Yeah. Huh? And they're going to sell that. And uh, I think that's fantastic. You know what that is? pleasant. Yeah, Laverne. What is that? Murray? What, where is Laverne that? Laverne is uh, might be Rock County. Rock County. Oh, Ramsey, R. Red Lake, Redwood, Renville, Rice, Rock, and Rosso are your uh, R counties. Mm. So Rock is right down there. Uh, <laughs> very southwestern Minnesota. And uh, hey, Pat. Damn, you're on the border. Where's Laverne? Twenty miles from Sioux Falls, basically. Yeah. Laverne. Yeah. Twenty miles from Sioux Falls is Laverne. That's right. I, I don't. Uh, I I don't give a rat's ass where it's at. I just wanted you to do the counties. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see. That's a very congratulations, kids in Laverne. I think that's pretty cool, and it makes sense. 
It beats learning what the hell your pronouns are, doesn't it? Amen to that, yeah. sister. Only because they come to us. Where, Joe? Well, they, well, let's take a look. Let's take a look. We're still in Mirador, San Jose, Ecuador. The traveling lineman. It's been a week, hasn't it? Off-tage. Been a week almost. Uh, a week? No, it's been a couple weeks. On this day, Joe, today is November thirteenth. In eighteen thirty-three, Charles M. Loring was born in Portland, Maine, as Minneapolis Park Commissioner from eighteen eighty-three to eighteen eighty. He was a principal player in the development of the city's system of parks, public grounds, and children's playgrounds. He was a driving force behind the creation of Victory Memorial Drive. Loring Community School is named for him. Central Park would be renamed Loring Park, also in his honor. Hmm. On this day, 11 13, in 1891, Floyd B. Olson was born in Minneapolis. He was the first farmer labor governor serving from 1931 until his death on August 22, 1936. He is remembered for implementing New Deal policies and for his skilled negotiating during the 1933 Hormel strike in Austin and the 1934 Teamster strike in Minneapolis. And finally, on this day... November... In 1970, police arrested Ronald Reed, a 20-year-old suspect in an Omaha bank robbery on charges of conspiracy to kidnap Governor Harold Levander and St. Paul City Councilman Rosalie Butler and hold them hostage for exchange with African-American political prisoners. Police connected Reed to the Black Panther Party, but Emery Douglas, the Black Panther's National Minister of Culture, denied Reed's membership in the party. Reed, an ROTC member at the U of M, was held in Ramsey County, Ramsey County Jail on a $150,000 bond, the highest in the state's history, and today the Hennepin County attorney, Mary Moriality, would have released him on his own recognizance. Right. Are you sorry? Truly yeah. sorry? Okay. That wasn't in there. I just added that. Got part. it. <laughs> so thank you, GLers. That was the line from Forrest Gump. What? Sorry for ruining your Black Panther party. Well, I don't remember when that, got Chris. the fight. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I don't remember that, Chris. What he said. Thank you very much. Well, folks, it's Park's about that closed. time. The Moose Outside should have told you. The Moose Outside should have told you to go to uh, YouTube, find Garage Logic, and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page for a bunch, a bunch of wonderful entertainment. We're also on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Check out all those social media avenues for your uh, entertainment and pleasure. Also, the Garage Logic Town Council, 10 bucks a month, $100 a year, best bargain out there. And you get to be invited to special events. I you don't know how many spots left we have for Wednesday, so I was told don't promote it. That's fine. <laughs> well, that's the Tattersall event. Right. But if you just want to sign up for Town Council, you're certainly welcome to do that. You can go to garagelogic.com. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Buy some stuff at the store. Cha, you know, the whole deal. Yum.